and welcome to the Pink Sheep Tales podcast. Pink Sheep Tales? What's this all about, I hear you ask? Well, the name is based on the old saying, Black Sheep of the Family, and Tales, T-A-L-E-S, is a play on words because we'll be hearing people's life stories. So through this podcast, I'm so excited to be able to share these remarkable stories from inspirational children and adults with you. These everyday people are building amazing businesses, excelling in their careers, exceptional in their industries, choosing unique career paths, and all in the name of living their best life. My goal is to encourage listeners to follow their passions and be inspired by our pink sheep who have and are doing just that. So let's do it. Let's open the gate and hear this week's pink sheep tale. Welcome to this week's episode of Pink Sheep Tales. I hope everyone's had a really great week. I know my guest has had an amazing week, one of the probably best of her life. <laughs> so today's guest is one of my really great friends, Kaylee Jeffries. So hi, Kaylee. Hi, how are you, Christine? I'm good, Kaylee. I think we might start because it's really exciting. Okay. And yeah. So let's start with what happened this week. A couple of weeks ago, some. People from a big history group that I'm involved in uh, nominated me for an award and it's the John Oxley Library Community History Award, which basically uh, awards people for innovative ways of recording the memories of Queenslanders. And the history project that I've been involved in has done exactly that. And I was given the 2019 award by the State Library on uh, Wednesday night. I was so proud of you. I saw the video come up yesterday morning on Facebook and I was like, oh, Kaylee, this is so awesome. Yeah, it because, was pretty cool. Yeah, because I remember, and the last time we met and we were talking about the book, and I remember that first couple of weeks when you were on the, you'd found all the, um, the money, money and, and the bank, the books. bank books and you were like, oh, I might frame it or something. Yeah, but that was early days, yeah. Very early, and you'd put it out there, and you're like, Christine, I I haven't been off the computer in like two weeks. (laughs) And you were like, so it was all consuming, and you were Mm. so excited that, oh, Mm. what has happened from just this one little question you put out there, one little, oh, what? I know, social media is an incredible way of getting people involved in projects like this, and I had no idea when I put a picture up on Facebook of that money and documents that I found that it would spark so much interest in the community. So yeah, it was it was a mind-blowingly busy time for many people, but it was fun. Yeah. When I was listening to your speech yesterday, I was thinking back then, I was like, and it's like two years ago. Yeah, nearly. Yeah. So in one way, that just that just seems like a whirlwind, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So mm-hmm. you had your little post up on Facebook, mm-hmm. then the book, and now this Mm-hmm. Fantastic award. And in your speech yesterday, you said you've, you're you a sort of accidental historian. Yes, I yeah. think that's going to stick with me. Yeah. A few people really like that. Uh, and, you know, I'm one of many accidental historians who trip over something that has come from the past and decide to look into it a little bit further. Um, and, you know, I was a bit nervous being in front of a lot of real historians. There were professors and archivists and state librarians and all sorts of people in that room 
And here am I, you know, just some lady who found some stuff. But because of the work I did on social media, talking to so many people and interviewing and, and connecting with so many people, that turned me into an accidental historian. So, yeah. And probably a fresh take on how um, traditional historians have been recording history, maybe. Absolutely. And Mm. I think, you know, uh, all of the amazing work that traditional historians do is often behind closed doors and it's not in the public eye and very rarely do the public get a chance to be involved in the research. So, you know, it would be as if I was doing my dissertation or something at university and then putting it out there to the community to help me with it. Yeah. It was just like that. And nobody really would do that. (laughs) (laughs) from people who helped you with under the lino which is the book we were Mm -hmm. referring to um so were there people who were just really interested in following the process like Mm. they may not have been actively contributing but they were just really interested oh look how yeah look at everyone getting involved and yeah there were i mean that you know in the actual facebook group under the lino the people who are looking at the project there's about 1400 people But of those 1,400, I'd say there were 200 active researchers um, and the rest of them are really active supporters. So they are the ones who encourage us with positive sayings and statements and, you know, giving us clues on where to go and what to do. Um, But the real sort of the real groundwork was only done by a couple of hundred people. That's so. that's so many though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, wow. so many. I, mean, that's, I, I tell people to imagine the world's biggest detective agency and all of us working at the same time. Mm. That's a great analogy. Mm. Oh, mm. awesome. And I like in your speech yesterday too that you, you said that everyone was up there with you. You were ah, accepting yes. it for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so that, no, and that's important to recognise that, you know, if it hadn't been for the community, I would have just framed all of those documents and they'd be sitting on the wall in the house. And they, it, they would look terrific. And I, I would probably think about them every time I walked past them. But wouldn't have had the courage to continue with the whole research journey without those people holding my hand and, and telling me what to do. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, so really I was a bit of a puppet. They managed me. They called me the project manager of the Under the Lino project. But I think... I was managed by the community in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and definitely in a nice way because I remember um, it would have been early on as well. You said, okay, I have to take a break. I'm taking Mm. a break. I think it was a weekend Mm -hmm. and everyone, I noticed everyone posting, yes, you need a break. Enjoy your weekend, (laughs) Kaylee. Do not get back onto the computer. Yeah, that's right. Take this time because it was – that happens when you've got a passion or something's really taking your interest and mm-hmm. you just want to keep going, keep Absolutely. going. And time gets away from you and before you know it, oh, I haven't slept in, in days. In days. <laughs> oh, that's, what's going on? And, that, and I think was, what was really funny is that people were noticing that I was flagging and I, I didn't realise. But, you know, maybe my responses were a little bit shorter, not angry short, but just, I wasn't being so flowy with the way I was talking or something. And I was getting these private messages from people saying they were worried about me. So it was kind of like a whole bunch of mother and father ducks helping me out, you know, to make sure I didn't burn out. So, oh. And they still do. Oh, mm. how lovely. Mm. Oh, they feel really great. So for um, people who haven't 
heard of the book, mm. would you like to just give a little summary and where they could find out more about the book and obtain the book? Oh, okay. Uh, so as part of the project, we decided to write a book about what we've done and how we've done it and what techniques we use to uh, do all of our research and, of course, tell the story of the, the mystery and the history. And oh, uh, the mystery and the history, history, I know they match. Mm-hmm. Um, so the community actually crowdfunded for me uh, to write and then publish a book called Under the Lino, The Mystery, The History, The Community. And we, um, I, I took about seven months to write this book which is a, a big mixture of my conversation with a lot of other people's conversations and uh, the research we discovered, um, the answers, uh, sorry, the research we did and the answers we came up with, as well as weaving in my own personal family history in there too. Uh, so so it's, it's a very interesting dynamic way of writing that I'd never tried before and that I've actually never seen before. So... So the book was published at the end of last year, uh, 2018, um, and is available in most independent bookshops in Brisbane. But the main place to find it is online uh, on the underlino.com.au website. So uh, And it gets posted to people easy peasy. Within a week, they'll have that book. So Fabulous. And we'll put the link in the show notes and on um, Facebook. When we oh, post cool. The, Thank you. As I was saying just before we started the interview, I'm really interested to give everyone more of an insight into Kaylee. So I know you as friends. We actually met, I'd say about five years ago or... No, it was longer than more. that because I needed you. Mm-hmm. Uh, David was sick, remember? Oh, he just had surgery and, and I needed help at home. Yes, and you were... Ref- Another client of mine was your friend and she had referred you on. That's right. So then I came along and started helping you with the housekeeping. That's right. And you were one of my fave clients because (laughs) I'd get here and you'd say, okay, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. We're going to do this together. So (laughs) we'd both be doing housework together. So And that was fun because usually, yeah, for many years I was working by myself. Mm. I was like, oh, And then we'd have little chats and everything, and I love meeting the kids and David. Yeah. And yeah so, um, so yeah, I'd say like maybe it's six years ago. Yeah, it was, and um, yeah, maybe it was because I, it was just me having little kids and struggling, and I was I'd gone back to work. Yeah, it was. It was five or six years ago because I'd gone back to work and um, I wasn't able to keep on top of the housework at the same time as managing jobs and families and all the rest of it and when I really did need you was when David was sick about 10 years ago and didn't realize that I needed professional help around the house but I I never wanted to uh, sit there and do nothing while I had someone cleaning my house so if I was home and available I was happy to help you (laughs) It was. It was great. It was fun. And a lot of the times um, some people think, oh, I've got to run out. Christine's here. But I enjoy having yeah. people home yeah. when I'm home and like, you have a little chat at the end. Oh, or, it's lovely. And you can ask each other things. Yeah, so that's how we met. Mm-hmm. And then at the, had you written 
Um, Bedtime stories, I think I was, I wrote that five years ago. Oh, well, no, six years ago. So it must have been in the middle of that process too I was writing as well. I think it was um, because I think I can remember you up in your office. office. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sometimes in um, tea and call or I'm writing something and your office is also, I'm not sure if it still is, the craft room. room, The art and craft room. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I used to walk in there and be like, look. Well, it's don't so look bright. at it. Too. You're not allowed in there today because it's oh. a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but it just means they're being creative. Well, they are very creative with all of my stuff and their stuff and so on. But it's great to have an area in the house that everyone can call their messy space, that they can go and throw paint around and uh, do craft and so on. The only issue we have here is that no one likes to clean up after themselves. <laughs> But that, that's artistic people sometimes, isn't it? Mm, mm. <laughs> Previous to us meeting, mm. if we could go back in time. You call it BC, before Christine. <laughs> Love it. Better write that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in your speech yesterday, again, you had said that receiving that award was like having a pat on the back from the most important person in your life and you're referring to the library mm. so when you were younger you loved the library mm. so um could we just get a glimpse into younger Kaylee and yeah. how you found school and did you always sort of hang out at the library did you find comfort <laughs> in the library yeah I think uh, I was a really lonely child uh, and it, for no other reason until I was about six I was an only child my brother was born then so for my early childhood, I was very alone and I, mum and dad worked very hard in their business and so on. We didn't have play dates like people have today uh, and we didn't live anywhere near any other children. So, um, you know, I spent a lot of time on my own um, and so I was introduced to libraries very early and books became my best friends um, or they became the path to my best friends because it was the character uh, in each of the books that I, you know, read and loved, the main character was often somebody who became very close to me. And to this day, I have happy memories about diving into Little Women or uh, the Little House on the Prairie books or even Enid Blyton stories where I just felt like I was part of a gang of children, even though I was living alone. Um, and, you know, I have a lovely family, great great people in my family, but I was in the in-between generation. So, uh, so yeah, libraries and librarians became a safe place for me to be uh, and they provided me with a social uh, and intellectual stimulation that I wasn't getting outside of, of those four walls. Did you get the inspiration to be... A writer back then? Oh, I think I did. must have. Uh, so one of my favourite characters in any story was Jo March out of Little Women, and she was a writer. So she, uh, you know, all of her angst, all of her troubles, she would put into her writing. And when I was about eight, my mum and dad separated, and my grandmother gave me a diary, and she said to write down things in the diary that I might not be able to say out loud. And so I started doing journals and diaries from when I was really young. And I did a lot of letter writing. I wrote to relatives and so on overseas. So all of the feelings that I might not be able to verbalize uh, went down on paper. So 
you know, I was in touch with my true self more through the written word than I was ever in the spoken word. Mm. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm. Could you give a little bit of your family history? Mm. So when you're saying you're writing to family overseas? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, we are immigrants to Australia. My mum is English from the north of England, and so my grandmother lived in, in Newcastle. And my dad is from India, and uh, he and mum met overseas, and they came to Australia in the early 1970s. And um, I used to write to my grandfather in India, my grandmother in England. I had aunts and uncles in Sydney and Melbourne and uh, England as well. That uh, and, and at first it was duty that I had to do these letters to talk to them, but then they would write back to me and I learned the art of conversation through letter writing. Someone writes to you, you respond to them talking about all the things they've written about and then you tell them about your life and then, you know, it keeps going back and forth. It's, it's a wonderful way to converse. Yeah, and... I remember even, so I had a best friend at school oh. from year 8 to year 12, and although we'd be in class all day together, <laughs> at lunch all day together, talking constantly, when we'd get home, 4 o'clock, we'd call each other, mm-hmm. talk, 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 and then we'd write letters to each other. <laughs> I don't know what, well, I do because I've kept these letters, but we would just talk, 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 but it's such a... It's such a personal um, memento of Absolutely. those times. And then how we were describing things to each other. Like now how we email or Facebook mm-hmm. each other. Sometimes they can be quite short or mm. um, not not overly descriptive because it's such a quick risk. It's boom, 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 boom. Absolutely. Whereas with a letter, there's like that time to really pr- write it and then it's off and then they've read it and they're processing it and you're yeah. thinking, oh, what are they going to think yeah, about that? Yeah. What are they going the to write The anticipation was yeah. actually part of the excitement. We we never used to have things uh, immediate, yeah. gratification. We didn't have that. Yeah. So we had to learn to wait and the the knowing that your birthday was coming up and that there would be birthday money coming in cards from overseas, you know, pound notes that you would get to go to the bank and transfer into dollars wondering how many dollars you'd be getting and then a lovely letter from your grandmother or to go with it. And they are so precious now. I don't, I've got all the emails I've ever had, but um, I don't go back and read them. Mm-mm. But I will sit down on the floor for four hours at a time and read through all of those childhood letters. And we did the same. My friends and I used to write to each other as well. <laughs> and if they ever pass away... It's it's gold to yeah. have that. Yeah, yeah. So I've got all mine in a little folder, and I come across it every now and again. Mm-hmm. In my, I've got a chest that I had actually sanded and varnished. It was my da- uh, my grandfather's toolbox, oh. and so I've made it like a chest of all my craft and memorabilia and things like I that. I have one too. Oh, do you? I'll show you. It's oh. weird. It's in that messy room though, so you can't look at the mess. Okay, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll put my blinkers on and just focus on the on the chest. Um, but yeah, and it. Your different handwriting, so you can mm. see times. Oh, it's rushing, yeah, or yeah. sometimes she'd write them at her mum's work after school, and then oh, time to go, you know. <laughs> and then, but yeah, there's just so much feeling in looking at the at handwriting. Absolutely, and, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's you can lovely. read a lot just looking at the style of the words. So yeah. you write. No, it's really great. If we step forward mm. into high school, where did you actually grow up? 
Oh, I grew up in Brisbane, uh, all over Brisbane at times because you know, I've sort of lived in a few different suburbs with mum and dad. Um, when they separated, we, we did a bit of moving about. But um, I grew up mainly in Hendra uh, on the northern suburbs of Brisbane and I went to Ascot State School nearby. Um, I was the poor kid in the rich school, which is never great, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, uh, and then I went to high school at Brisbane State High on the other side of town. Um, I got in there on a scholarship because I could play music and I was um, quite, quite smart in those days, uh, writing and so on as well. So, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting time. And going to a high school full of kids from all over Brisbane that were from every culture and every finance, financial sort of status um, the only equaliser that we had was that we were hard workers. And, and uh, you know, you'd know um, when I meet other kids from that year, uh, from that school, we all had the same ethos, I guess, that, you know, we had done a lot of work to get where we were and that's never stopped us. You know, we've been exactly the same ever since. So. I remember when I was at school, Brisbane State High was actually a school to admire Mm. that it was very diverse and it really bordered that state pub uh, state private school line and probably the only one really yeah it was it's a good start in somebody's life it's Mm. it's a good grounding space uh to learn a lot about what the real life is going to throw at you yeah because if you're stuck in a private school environment uh where you know you're all from the same social class perhaps or whatever even though I don't like to think we have those classes in Brisbane but we probably do um, you're not getting a a true representation of our community Mm. and State High was all of that and you know the kids the multicultural element from the local children like a large Greek population there was a large Vietnamese population and so you know you would get a, a really diverse sense of uh, multiculturalism yeah oh that's great so then after high school after high school I went to uni uh, for a little while and then I decided to take a bit of a holiday from uni um, because I was sick of not having any money and I just wanted to make it you know make it on my own and so my mum suggested I do my nursing certificate and the Royal Brisbane Hospital was about to close its doors to teaching nurses in the hospital system. And so I was one of the last nurses to be taught in hospital. Then I went to uni. Uh, so I did my nursing. I did a psychology degree. Uh, worked at Lifeline as a counsellor. And, um, yeah, just sort of I stopped writing. Those were the years that I stopped writing because I was too busy living. Even your journals? Yeah, I, I did a little bit of journaling here and there, but not really. And I find that I only write in my journals when I'm unhappy or when I'm ecstatically happy and I need to put these extreme emotions in a place where it's safe uh, and to just get them out of me because otherwise I might explode <laughs> or implode, depending on, yeah. And that's a, a really good counselling technique too. Yeah, really, yeah. Getting, and it, it is amazing how much just writing something down does... Purge. Oh, <laughs> oh okay, I can carry on now. Like, yeah, you can carry on or you can work out what's wrong. 
So mm. I think a lot of the time I teach journaling now. I teach other people how to use it as a um, an emotional regulator. And I say to people that you get these words down on paper. You don't even realize why you're so full of angst or anger or anxiety or, or sadness. And then you just keep writing and then you, it's like a big funnel. You start with a whole bunch of emotions and feelings and thoughts. And if you write for three pages, by the time you get to the end of the third page, you're writing about the same thing and that you actually work out that that's your issue. So it might start out being, you know, I was late for work today and, and the traffic was terrible and I feel really unhappy and blah, blah, blah. But by the time you write through all of that, you come down to the fact that, well, actually I was late for work because I had a late night last night because I'm worried about such and such or the kids are sick or something. And then you actually find out what's really wrong mm. and you can do something about that thing. Oh, yeah. So that's the point. So where do you do those workshops? Uh, at the So I now work as a, a mentor and a consultant for the Queensland Writer Centre at the State Library in Brisbane. A couple of times a year they run workshops. I'll do workshops in libraries throughout Brisbane on journaling or blogging or uh, writing history um, books and memoir writing and that sort of stuff or self-publishing. There's a whole bunch of things that I can workshop. Does a different demographic yeah. come along for blogging to journaling? Um, do you know, probably not. Uh, mm. Most of the people are women, some men, but most are women over the age of 50. It's the, you know, it's the kind of time for women when their kids have left home and they uh, always wanted to write but never had the time. Um, they're usually very big readers and they know they've got a story within them they might have had some troubles in their life that they need to explore and they would use the written word as a way to do that. They might want to do their family history. So it's usually people who've got a little bit of extra time on their hands um, or it might be children in the school holidays, you know, that sort of thing, but, but mainly the older older people. Mm. And do they grab it? So what I was, I was thinking, oh, I bet younger people come for blogging because it's more technical online mm. and for journaling I could see my mum yeah like journaling absolutely so, I don't know if I told you but my mum she's over in Spain at the moment she so she's been over there for four just quick off top yeah. um but I, I was like oh mum should be writing all this down you know she'd be loving it so she's doing the Camino walk oh wonderful she's been over there for four weeks she'll be over there for another two months and on she's really we've forced her to get onto Facebook and really update. Oh, um, and is she? She is, uh-huh. and she's being very good at it. We're very proud of her. Um, but the description she's putting mm-hmm. with each mm-hmm. um, album post, it's like, oh, I can just see she – she because mum – She should be writing. Yeah. Mm. So um, for the – ever since she's retired, she with my um, looking after dad, uh, she was very much writing down every day what was happening. So – there are many, many books at home with yep. mum's daily right. activities in it. So I thought, oh, I hope she's writing mm. more than what she's putting on Facebook because like yeah, a travel journal. Yeah, mm. she would really, she would really benefit from mm. a workshop like that to hone her little skills. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think meeting other like-minded people too because she yeah. does very much like to record everything. And I, and I think that's important to realise that there is. Uh, a method in the madness of journaling 
it's you can just write I did this today and I went to the shops and I bought these things uh, which is usually how most children start their diary process but then you actually realize that there's a lot of wasted paper in those kinds of exercises um, and that's helpful if you like doing lists though lists are a form of journaling as well um, but if you're writing an emotional journal then you've got to get rid of all of that daily fluff and just you know jump in straight from the heart mm. um, but or if you're writing a travel journal describe the, the area the food the culture the people uh, an art journal you know the colors the the designs the styles so whatever the journal is that you're writing focus particularly on one area mm. and I it, that's actually really interesting. I'd never thought of different sorts of journals. Mm, mm, oh. There's loads. I'm, yeah. People have uh, photographic journals. They use blogging as a sort of form of journaling. Um, they will take photographs and then write poems next to the photographs. Or they'll do scrapbooking. That's another form of, you know, recording information in a, a positive way. Um, yeah, travel journals. Um, food journals. You know, every time somebody eats a meal or discovers a new food, they want to write about it. Um, is that called Instagram? No, yeah, well, I mean, but Instagram is yeah. a way of journaling. It's funny. It's the modern way of journaling. Mm. Um, and uh, like, so is Facebook. I use Facebook. Again, I, I guess I say I don't write anymore, but I'm always writing. I write blog posts. I write Facebook posts, um, pop pictures up on Instagram. All of this is a way of recording moments in time. So that they're not forgotten. Mm. And God forbid the internet ever breaks down. <laughs> because so um, much will be lost. Exactly. I was just thinking actually, is wouldn't it be great if there was a service at the end of each year, you could have a little oh, yes. printed version of your Facebook. Of what you've done. Mm. Here's my Facebook. I, no, I do actually think they do have that service. There's a, there is an app um, where... Oh, I can't think of what it is at the moment, but I know there's an app that will put together a photo album of, you know, your last three months or something, all the pictures you've posted. So it might link into your Facebook account um, and um, download that sort of stuff. Wouldn't that be great? So cool. So cool. If you want that, because we have, uh, we don't sort of get photographs printed out anymore. But every now and again, I'll, I'll make an album of a trip that we've done or something so that we can leave it on the coffee tables and remind ourselves how much fun we used to have. Yeah. yeah. I love that um, those photo book ideas where you can just upload all your photos and then it's put into a nice hardcover book. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that, awesome. It's great. Yeah. It's great. But it would be good to do that with Facebook posts. It would too. be, wouldn't mm. it? Yeah, because it's so easy sometimes to upload onto Facebook mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, I've got to talk to Mr. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you go talk to you make him. Mark Zuckerberg. He'll be onto that. Thank you for listening, and I hope you really enjoyed this week's tale. Let me now invite you to pop over to our Facebook group called Pink Sheep Tales Podcast and there you can stay up to date with all the exciting news from our pink sheep. You can also find myself at OCD, Organising, Cleaning and Decluttering Specialists on Facebook or on my website ocdpro.com.au. Well, I'll catch you back here next week. Until then, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself.